You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? It is NBA Draft Day. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. You are listening to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm excited about today. The NBA Draft is my favorite day of the year. This is a weird calendar year where my birthday and the draft were within the same week. And I'll be totally honest. I've been looking more forward to the draft than I have for my own birthday. I had to remind myself, oh man, your birthday's coming up. But I knew the day of the draft. I knew it was it was Thursday. So I'm looking forward to it. And one of the reasons, actually, yeah, one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to this draft is I will be doing a live NBA draft show. Me, Chad Ford, and John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. This is Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. You'll get your local expert analysis on each pick. Please follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today. Watch our live coverage today, July 29th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. And let me give you a little bit of background of why this date is so important to me. When I was a kid, and I just turned 42 earlier this week, the NBA draft was something that I... I don't know what made me so intrigued by it, what made me want to be involved with it, but I remember the first draft that that really like made me think like this is what I want to do in life. It was the Kenny Anderson draft. I'm left-handed and I just remember watching Kenny Anderson at Georgia Tech. He was left-handed. I thought he was going to be the greatest thing ever and so from there I started collecting baseball I'm sorry basketball cards I did collect baseball cards but I collected basketball cards and I used to be able to just spit off everybody's stats and I loved collecting the cards of the draft picks so people that are my age that collected cards remember like the skybox cards where the guys had on their they didn't have their actual college pictures or college pictures in their uniforms in the car they had whatever they wore at like their draft day as far as their suits I remember Larry Johnson had a car where he didn't even have a suit on I think he just had on like like a rayon shirt and jeans and between like collecting cars in the NBA draft and reading Street and Smith magazine I was just totally totally in love with the NBA draft so much so that when I was in high school There was this, it was called the Career Center, and I took TV broadcasting courses three straight years. No, I did not flunk, but I took the same class three straight years because I thought I was going to work for ESPN covering the draft. And what's so crazy about that is at at the time, this is like in the mid-90s, that they weren't really covering the draft like they are today. You know, you, you may have saw like different segments maybe like a week or two before the draft or a day or two but it definitely was not as in-depth as it is today but that was something that I wanted to do I wanted to cover the draft so even at the age of 15 
I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I was taking these TV broadcasting courses. I knew how to direct. I knew how to edit. I knew how to run the camera to the point that I was editing, directing, filming, superintendent of Omaha Public Schools. I'm born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. So I was pretty much in charge of the superintendent's show on public access TV. All right. So I'm, I'm going somewhere here. After three years of taking this class, I, I pretty much honestly have a college degree at this point. I go to college and I, I, I major in uh, broadcast journalism. But now it's like everything I learned in my three years in this course in high school is a repeat. So most of my classmates, you know, you know how it is in college. You you think you want to major in something. So it's like flunking in a sense because the teacher is explaining or the professor is explaining this is white balance this is how you edit and I had been doing this stuff so when I was in college I was cruising cruising I played a lot of NCAA football so much so that I played like full seasons I don't know within a week but I didn't have a plan after I graduated from college I have this degree I'm kind of not necessarily discouraged, but again, for the years I was school in school, my major wasn't something that I was excited about because I had been doing it for a while, and I, whatever reason, I thought I was going straight to the league. I thought I was going straight from college to ESPN or straight from college to like a NBA team, and I ended up graduating from college with no plan and ended up getting just a regular job I enjoyed it I made pretty decent money but it wasn't what I wanted to do so from there I just kind of went on this long journey of being a videographer started doing some skills training traveled abroad all basketball related and then in maybe May of 2020 which I had nothing to do I always wanted to do a podcast but in May of 2020 I started the podcast I had just came back from China uh, I was expected to be there that whole basketball season, but obviously due to COVID, I had to come back, started the podcast, and I was cranking out episodes, just cranking them out, cranking them out, cranking them out, and I would be on my YouTube channel, and I would do like my mock drafts, and people would tell me, oh my gosh, this is terrible, you are stupid, and I was like, hey, well, come on, my channel, and let's see your mock draft, and I it was like kind of strategic because it allowed me to interview them. And then, of course, they're going to tell their friends and so on. But I was just cranking out draft content, again, because it had so much free time last year. I ended up getting on with Locked On. Uh, I think I started my first episode on Locked On NBA Draft back in March. And it's been great. So I said all that to say this. It's kind of long-winded. Today, I have the opportunity to live out my childhood dream Something that I wanted to do back in, again, the early 90s. I started taking classes in the mid-90s. And this live draft show is, I really can't explain the feeling. Like, this is my childhood dream. It took me a long time to do it. but And the fact that I'll be co-hosting with Chad Ford. Like, Chad Ford is someone that I, you know, I he's like the, the godfather of this. He's He's definitely one of the pioneers in this draft game and so for me to be co-hosting with him means a lot to me so once again I know this was like a long segment and this is not what you tuned in for but thank you so much David Locke and Locked On NBA Draft for this opportunity um, 
I really have been waiting for this opportunity since I was about 13, but I say realistically, I say since I was 16. I saw the studio, it's, um, you know, it's, it's here in Dallas and just seeing like the studio in the background and, and all the work behind it, I am really, really living out a childhood dream. So again, if you want to see, if you want some alternate draft coverage, please go to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. And I mean, this is going to be great. It's going to be fun. I'm not saying this because I'm on it, but I, I really believe that this is going to be a great show. And now that I've taken up the whole first segment, I got to get into the real reason why you are tuning in to today's show, because I, I want to talk about some of the draft rumors and everything that we're hearing leading up into the draft. But first, I want to talk to you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure like this pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your car a, well, I know this is locked on NBA draft. So, you know, the people have money. So do you have a M5 or 550 BMW and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts from their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse carries? Just go to rockauto.com. You can save time. Why choose to spend 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to all your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, now, the real reason why you're here is because you want to hear about What's going on in the NBA draft? I think this is going to be an exciting draft. Again, not because I'm going to be hosting my first live show. I, I'm just intrigued with all the chatter and, and all the trade talk. I mean, we can start off with the Pistons. I mean, I think Detroit is going to select Cade Cunningham. But the fact that they're entertaining other picks. And you know, now that I'm like taking more deeper dives into it, if you're Detroit, you have to entertain if a team wants to move up to draft Jalen Green and you can get a, a crazy package of, you know, just moving down a slot or two and getting multiple first round picks down the line. I still think Kate is the pick. And, you know, going into this draft, we thought it was a five person draft. It looks like as of today, that same five that we are projected of Cunningham, Mobley, Green, Suggs, Kaminga. I think that's in doubt if it's going to go in, in that direction. And then with Houston, as of today, it seems like Jalen Green is the choice. But what's very interesting to me, and based off of what I've read, is that Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley have not wanted to work out for the Rockets. That is not a good look. I mean, when you have the number two pick in the draft and you can't get 
two of the top four prospects to work out for you, there's something going on behind the scenes that I don't know about. I don't want to necessarily speculate or, or give my opinion on why I think that is. But it's really not a good look. And the person who I, I feel sorry for, in a sense, is Steven Silas. Steven Silas is a great guy. And, again, whatever the reasons that the Rockets haven't been able to get these guys in for a workout, um, I'll, I won't touch on that. But it's very interesting that, again, Houston is a great city. Houston has a great market. Houston has everything that, at least in my opinion, as a player or an agent that you would want, especially for, you know, if they're going to be drafting as high. So that's interesting there. Or another interesting decision is what do the Cavs do? Are they going to look to trade down? Are they going to try to package and try to move up two spots for the number one pick? Because Cade is the best fit for them, in my opinion. I don't know what they would offer, but, you know, I, you know, maybe a package of Colin Sexton and number three and maybe some future picks. I don't know if that's enough to move the needle there. And then Toronto. I have no idea what Toronto was going to do. You know, you're starting to see the rumors that Siaka may be on the move. Is Toronto going to go full rebuild? Or are they going to try to make a trade to help them get back to the playoffs sooner? It's very interesting, like especially with Siaka. I don't know how true it is that he's that he he wants out Orlando with their two lottery picks it's almost likely they're going to draft two guys that play the same position or similar positions that's what it seems Oklahoma City I mean you never know at Oklahoma City they're definitely one of the big wild cards in this draft whether they are going to select Kaminga or Scotty Barnes or even James Booknight and then Sam Presti is you know, known for willing and dealing. I don't even know the word to use, but there's so many things that could happen that could make this a wild and crazy draft day. And also, how could I forget about Ben Simmons? Like, we have a guy that is an all-star. He's still young. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. Philly is looking to move him, or are they not looking to move him? On one hand, like, you, you see the rumors, but then on the other hand, you see what they're what they're expecting back and it makes you wonder like are they really looking to move him are they really just saying that they're doing their due diligence and they can't find this crazy package like I saw the the package and I, it could be a rumor but I mean I saw it floating online that they wanted like Kyle Lowry OG Ananobi the fourth pick it, it was almost like four starters or four rotational players for Ben Simmons like Come on, man. That's that's not gonna happen, especially now. Simmons' stock is not is not at at its peak. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to everything that's going to happen with this draft. Is Colin Sexton going to be on the move? Is Ben Simmons going to be on the move? What are the Warriors going to do? Are they going to select two players with their pick seven and fourteen that are ready to come in and contribute now? Are they going to select guys with upside? Are they going to select guys? that they know that have upside that they can package in a bigger deal for another superstar. Oh, man, this is why I love the NBA draft because there's just so much. I want to use the word drama. It's not necessarily drama, but there's so much that can happen on draft night that can shape and change the course of the NBA. So looking forward to that. And when we return, I want to talk to you about a few players that I'm higher on than the consensus 
but also some players that I'm not as high on as the consensus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, info, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action before the next pitch. Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your teams, your baseball teams, I'm assuming, or maybe even your NFL. Well, your baseball teams prep for the playoffs and your NFL teams prepare for training camp. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts, and the promo code is locked on. All right, you are listening to Locked on NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow. All right, let's talk about a few prospects that I am higher on than most people. And the first one is Isaiah Todd. All right, when I look at Isaiah Todd, I see a guy that is 6'10", fluid athlete, played in the G League, which you have to admit, the G League is tougher, more competition than college basketball. He averaged 12 points, nearly five rebounds per game, a little under assist a game, a little under a block per game, but he shot 36% from three on four attempts per game. He has shown flashes of being able to post up. He's shown flashes of being a shot maker, and he can attack closeouts. He's someone that I think can put the ball on the floor and not necessarily like be a shifty ball handler, but I think he can attack closeouts and put the ball on the floor. And he's only 19 years old, right? So when I look at him and I see, again, 6'10", 220, upside as a floor spacer, I don't understand why he's not a lock to be a first-round pick. I know that he did not get to the foul line, only averaged like one free throw attempt per game. I know that the rebounding numbers were okay, solid. He averaged, like I said, a little under five rebounds per game in 24 minutes. I know that he only shot 43% from the floor, but there are other players who put up inefficient numbers in college and are projected to go higher than Isaiah Todd. So, in my opinion, Isaiah Todd should be a lock first-round pick. I've taken a liking to guys that are 6'10", that can space the floor and post up. In my opinion, he has a little bit of the Morris Twins in his game, and I think the Morris Twins are, I mean, obviously high-rotation players, and they're going to have, you know, 10-plus-year careers, and they're going to make a lot of money. And if Isaiah Todd can be like a marquee for Marcus Morris – then he should definitely be a first-round pick, maybe even late lottery. So, again, I think Isaiah Todd is one of my most underrated or slept-on players in this draft. Another guy that I am high on, and and he's been rising up my, my board as of late, as of last week, but it is Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. And I mentioned on the last podcast when I did my mock draft 4.0, if you have not listen to it, check it out. Isaiah Jackson has some stuff to his game that we weren't really able to see at Kentucky. Now, we know Kentucky players have to sacrifice when you play for Calipari. I mean, there's examples like 
who knew Carl Anthony Towns was arguably the greatest seven footer shooter of all time. I didn't see it at Kentucky. Shy Gilgis Alexander, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo. These are guys that, I mean, of course they got better as they became pros, but they showed stuff in the NBA that you did not see at Kentucky. And Isaiah Jackson has some plays that makes me think like this guy has some skills. Yes. He's going to be known for being an energy guy, a defender, and a shot blocker. But there's some plays where he put the ball on the floor, but it's really weird. He's right-handed, but he drives left like almost every time. I know he didn't shoot a good percentage on his jumper, but he showed some signs of having a face-up game. And I think that if he can consistently knock down shots at the short corners or the elbows, He's going to be a problem because he has a quick first step and he's able to get by defenders just off a straight line attack and drives. So I like what I see out of Isaiah Jackson. I don't think he's going to be like this floor spacer that everyone is looking for, but I can see him being like this athletic vertical lob threat, switchy defender that can knock down mid-range shots on pick and pops, but also attack closeouts. And, I mean, we know he's a great athlete and get by guys when when he's attacking a closeout and making plays at the rim. So Isaiah Jackson is another player that I am higher on than most. I actually have him going in the lottery on my last mock draft. I've kind of fluctuated. I think I had him going in the lottery or maybe like my mock draft one or two. And then him dropping a little bit and I've been seeing like Kai Jones ahead of Isaiah Jackson I'm starting to see that a lot and that is something that I don't agree with as of today right now but you know it's draft day so my my opinions are pretty much firm and set right now another player that I am high on and I've been talking about him all year I want to say back in December so I'm not going to go in too much detail but if you've been listening to the podcast you know how I feel about Vrans Blindberg got a 6'11 guard that can handle make plays for others upside as a shooter good athlete should be a multi-positional defender should be able to play best best case scenario one through four so Vrans is I've seen anywhere from like the mid thirties to 60, but I have seen his name on draft boards, which is not something I saw two or three weeks ago. Another player that I'm high on is Nemius Kata from Utah state. I think that he is someone that can come in and contribute right away. I haven't seen him as a first round pick on any boards. I know that he's 22 years old, which is considered old in this draft world. I still don't get it, (laughs) but you look at his numbers, 15 points per game, or a shade under 15, 14.9, but 15 points per game, 10 rebounds. I think he's a pretty decent passer, had a positive assist to turnover ratio, which is, I mean, there are guys that are considered point guards or wings in this draft that did not have a positive assist to turnover ratio, but he averaged 2.7 assists, 3.3 blocks, one steal per game. So you have a seven-footer. That is giving you, you know, the new word is stocks. But he's giving you over four stocks per game, positive assist to turnover ratio. He rebounds, shot a respectable 70% from the floor. And I think that he can come in and contribute right away. So let's say he falls in the late first round to a team like 
Brooklyn. He could possibly, possibly be their starting center. So I'm higher on Keita than others. I've seen him projected to go in the 40s. I would take a shot at him in the first round because I, I, I think that he has a skill set that that he can hang his hat on. And also, if he goes to the right situation, which you can say for everybody, situation is in fit is very key. But I think if he goes to the right situation, he could end up being a, a starter. All right. The last player that I am higher on than most is actually, you know, I'll, I'll give two more. Ayo Desumnu from Illinois. I know the numbers look good on paper. He averaged, well, he, he came back and had a good junior year. It doesn't seem like he really impacted his draft stock, but you look at the numbers 20 points per game, 48.8% from the floor, 39% from three, although it was only on 2.9 attempts per game. Filled up the stat sheet as far as rebounds, averaged six rebounds, five assists per game. And the thing that I like the most about him is his motor, his desire to win, and just his overall intensity and competitive fire. Like, that's a stat that's not going to show up on a stat sheet. And he has that. Now, no, he may not be a pure point. He may not be your ideal shooting guard. He's a ball player. And you know that you're, you know he's going to compete. And that is something that I hold a lot of value in is competitive fire and desire. So here's an example for you. I think Ben Simmons and Giannis Antetokounmpo are the same player. They're both oversized guards or, or you know, it, it depends on how you see it, right? But they have the same skills to me. But we know if you put the ball out on the floor and they had to compete, we know who's coming out on top. We know who has the the dog mentality. We know who has the mental toughness, the competitive fire. We know who, who has that will. It's Giannis, no question. And the Samanu has that, that, that dog, that fire, that competitiveness that I like to see. So I think that even though he may not seem to have a position in a positionless NBA, which is weird that's kind of being held against him, but I think he's a ball player. You get him out on the floor, he's going to make plays, and he's going to help a team win. So he is someone that I'm higher on than others. Another player, one of his, I mean, they're not teammates, but they're from the same conference. It is Joe Wieskamp from Iowa. Good size for a wing, 6'7", athletic, sneaky athletic. <laughs> um, I know he tested well. He averaged about 15 points per game, shot 49% from the floor, 46% from three on over five attempts per game. Good rebounder, average six rebounds per game. I am higher on him. I think he is someone that can come in and contribute to a team right away. If he can knock down shots, which I think he should, good athlete, should be able to you know, be a, a solid defender. I know he's not like a shot blocker or anything like that, but he has the athleticism and the tools to be a, a decent defender, especially team defender. So I'm higher on him than others. Not necessarily saying I think he will be a first-round pick, but I think, like I said, he can come in and, and contribute. All right, now here are a few players that I am not as high on as others, and this may be somewhat controversial 
you know, in, in this whole draft space, if you compare a player to a non-all-star, you know, people are kind of offended. Like, I give you an example. I did a video on Alperin Shingun, and I made a comparison to Al Jefferson. I think there's some similarities there. Throwback centers, not like great athletes, amazing touch around the rim, crafty scoring, counter moves on top of counter moves. And someone was like, that's disrespectful to Shingun. And they named all these qualities that they thought that he was better than than Al Jefferson. And to me, it's like, so if Alperin Shingun has a career similar to Al Jefferson, that's not good. I mean, big Al Jefferson had a great career, made a lot of money, and had one year where he was all NBA. Not every pick is going to be an all-star. Not every pick is going to be a superstar. And I know, like, if you compare a guy selected in the lottery to a role player, which most lottery picks end up being role players anyway, people get offended. I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but Zaire Williams is the first guy that I'm not as high on as others. I didn't even have him as a first-round pick on my last mock. I understand what he did in high school, but to me that meant absolutely nothing in college. I'm saying that he may end up being a lottery pick. I could be right. I could be wrong. But I go by the film, and I just wasn't impressed by <laughs> what I saw on film. Another player that I may not be as high on as others is Kai Jones. I like Kai Jones. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I understand the upside, and I understand the potential. And I know Texas may not have been, like, the best fit. But... There were games where he just seemed to, I don't want to say disappear, but he didn't have the impact that, that you'd expect. Um, the numbers, you know, it's like I said, I know it wasn't the best fit. Eight points per game, a little less than five rebounds per game. Shot 68.9% from the foul line, 38% from three. That's the thing that's probably the most intriguing to everybody is he shot 38% from three, but it was only on 1.3 attempts per game. Again, the dude moves like a guard. He is probably one of the most fluid guys I've ever seen at 6'11". But right now, I don't know if he has a skill set that he can hang his hat on in the NBA other than being athletic. But I'll say it again. I've been on record of saying if he's an all-star in five years, would not shock me at all. And if he's out the league, if he's playing in Greece somewhere in five years, that wouldn't shock me either. He's definitely, in my opinion, a swing for the fences guy. I think that he has a high ceiling, but I also think that he has a low floor. Another player that I'm not as high on as others is Jared Springer. And I'll just say this. I like Frank Nilakina. I've had a chance to meet Frank. He spent the summer here in Dallas working out. Great guy. Frank was the, actually the first player that I scouted when I started NBA Draft Junkies. I went to a tournament. It was like December 2016, and... I went, that was like my first international scouting tournament, and I fell in love with, with scouting. And Frank was the guy that I wanted to see. And it didn't, Sekou Dumbuya ended up being like the best player in that particular tournament. But when I look at my notes, everything I said about Frank Nilakina is the same thing I'm saying about Jared Springer. Don't know if he's an engine to a team, decent shooter, doesn't play aggressive or assertive. Likes to take smart shots. Struggles with creating one-on-one. -on -one. Good defender, good team defender, good length. Can play both positions. 
not bad. And I'm not saying Springer is Frank because I think Frank is definitely an NBA player. And don't forget FIBA Frank. I mean, we saw what FIBA Frank did against Team USA at the World Cup. But Frank doesn't seem to have like this extreme confidence in his game. Like he passes up shots. And I know like he's not shooting the ball well as far as percentage wise, but he doesn't really impact games on the offensive end. Not saying that's Jaden Springer, but again, my notes that I have on both players, if I took the names off of them, they would be the exact same. So, I mean, I still think that Frank Nilakina can be a high-level defender that can knock down open shots, but I just don't know how he's able to create his own shot and if he's really a point guard. And I, for a guy that plays the point, I like my point guard to be an engine as opposed to a game manager. And I think Jared Springer would be more of a game manager than engine, but it could have been, you know, Tennessee. And the last player that I am not as high on as others is Cam Thomas. (laughs) And I like Cam Thomas also. He's also fun to watch. He's exciting. Now, I mean, I don't think Springer is fun to watch or exciting, but Cam Thomas is exciting and fun to watch because he is going to fill it up I go by the stats 23 points per game three rebounds per game 1.4 assists 1.7 turnovers shot 88 percent from the foul line only 32 percent from three on seven attempts per game but he got to the free throw line seven times per game he is an aggressive professional scorer like I don't know if people understand the term like professional scorer like there are guys that can score but this guy puts the ball in, in the hole in a variety of ways. He is just a phenomenal bucket getter. Again, maybe not on the best efficiency. And I think his role in the NBA is as a microwave scoring guard off the bench. But I just wonder what is he bringing to the table if he's not on. And if he's not going to be able to get up a decent volume of attempts how valuable how valuable is he going to be that's just my thoughts i mean i'm starting to see his name rise up draft boards i mean like i've been saying for a while his game is an acquired taste again i'm not dissing him it's not that i don't like his game but i'm just not as high on him as others well thank you so much for listening to this last episode or last podcast before the actual nba draft again please tune into the live draft show chat for myself john corrales will be live from dallas texas covering the draft it's the locked on nba draft 2021 brought to you by built bar you can get your local expert analysis on each pick please follow locked on nba on youtube today watch our live coverage July 29th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Once again, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies, and I am out.